thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the Urban Sports Scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene. I am Wole here, my boy Ray Jeezy. Will T is out. Let me patch in Ray too. Uh, there we go. What's good, Ray? Proof is in the pudding, they say, my friend. <laughs> now, proof might be in the playoffs. We'll see. You, you, you ready to you ready to cross the picking line and come over to my side? I'm close, man. I'm close. I'm close. Very close. <laughs> You know, I can tell. I know. Yeah, I know you can tell. You probably see me on social media. <laughs> Very close, man. All right. hey, also, the Urban Sports is part of Sports Journey. Make sure you ch- uh, check us out at sportsjourney.com. You'll find all kinds of sports content for your DMV sports teams. Um, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up. On our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. But yeah, Ray, I'm getting very close. Very, very close. I won't even lie. I, I, can see, I can see that you're finally starting to understand that it takes time for a team to develop chemistry under a new regime. Chemistry, man. I understand that. Chemistry. Now. <laughs> like momentum, right? Chemistry is like momentum. <laughs> oh, most definitely, most definitely. You, we have momentum right now as a show. Facts, Just bro. like the Washington football team. Facts. I like how you gassed that up. Facts. Good job, sir. I appreciate you for that one. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's time for the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington football team defeating the San Francisco 49ers 23-15 to in their upcoming game against the Seattle Seahawks. We have Retreat, Sports Journey's Washington football team reporter, Lake Lewis Jr., will join us to discuss this. Uh, at 8.20, we'll talk about the Washington Wizards preseason games. Um, finally, we'll have Myron Magnus of Bo- Boxing Logic United on the show to chat about IBF, WBA, and WBO heavyweight champ Anthony, jo- Anthony Joshua, uh, Kowen, Kubrat, Poliv, and also we'll talk about uh, Sha- Shakira Stevenson's uh, victory uh, over the weekend against... Is he Clary, right? It's Clary, right? Yeah, that's how you say his name. It's Clary, okay. That's not the hard part. You said the easy part, so... I ain't, I ain't <laughs> go for the... <laughs> I know that. I know, right? Anyway, right now we have former USA Today senior Washington football team reporter and current Sports Journey Washington football team insider Lake Lewis Jr. on the line. What's up, Lake? What's up, fam? How you guys doing? Are we good? As Ray has probably told oh, you, I'm a little, I'm a little, a little hype. Over the you know because I didn't expect this team to actually As you win. Should be. As you should be, right? So like, I think everybody's excited. I know, right? I mean, yeah, I still want to table everything. Ray knows that um I don't like to use the p word all um throughout this process because it's like you know what I'm saying. It's you know it's still a bad football team, but over the last. You know, Whoa. what? Over the last three it's weeks? still a bad football No, team. I say they still are. I mean, at that particular uh, point in time, my bad, right? Miss Hermie, at that particular point in time, when I didn't want to use that uh, term, okay. I thought they were a bad football team. But over the last three weeks, I would say that this football team has looked good. Yeah. I mean, they have done what a lot of teams, you know, that, you know, have made playoff pushes have done, and that's you progress every week. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, you know, you win four games straight in the NFL, that's not a small feat. I don't care who you played, what your record is. It's something that needs to be done. 
And right now, this team is starting to, to grind games out. They're doing things that they haven't done in the past, and that's find ways to win ugly at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think that they're a team that a lot of teams around the league right now don't want to see on Sundays. Yeah, especially when you have this, this, that kind of defense. So Sunday, Washington, the Washington football team defeated the Niners 23-15. Um, your thoughts on the game, especially especially which I, when I mentioned that defense? Oh, man, I mean, it was a defensive battle. It was uh, Washington's offense wasn't able to really do a whole lot either. They were without Antonio Gibson, their starting running back. And, of course, Alex Smith left with the calf injury. So it was just kind of like a, you knew it was going to come down to whatever defense was making plays. Unfortunately, Washington's defense was making big plays. Chase Young, Cam Curl, the rookies, you know, were setting the tone. And that's a good sign for Washington. I mean, I think the more they have this kind of success, the more they believe in themselves. And I, I think this team just feels like right now they can compete with anyone. They can win against anyone. If the offense can ever just catch up, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and maybe not even catch up. But if the offense gets you 17 points, mm-hmm. this defense is playing playoff football good enough to win games. I don't think Seattle, you know, I know it's early. We're not talking about it just yet in the segment. But but I think that they're going to beat Seattle. I truly feel like okay. that. And not only am I saying this, guys, I think they're running the table um, in the regular season. I think they're going in the playoffs at 9-7. You wow. don't even have to worry about NFC least thing. Um, and, and I say that because, listen, I said last week when I was freezing my tail off up in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I said if, if they win up here, you might as well. You know, the team, at the time, Pittsburgh was, what, undefeated? Mm-hmm. You say to yourself, if you beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh on prime time, you might as well just run the table, you mm-hmm. know, the rest of the year, you know, regular season. And, and, and you know, a couple of weeks ago, I would have told you Seattle was not a winnable game. But Seattle's traveling east, one o'clock game. We all know how that works for teams coming from the West Coast, mm-hmm. and and they they you know they haven't played their best football when they travel east. So this is a winnable game. So if you beat Pittsburgh, you beat San Francisco, you beat Seattle. What would make you think they can't beat Carolina and Philadelphia? No, you're you're right. I think that, to me the Pittsburgh game. Showed that they could beat anybody, regardless of how you know people are going to say that Pittsburgh has, hasn't been playing their best football. Uh, but still, they were an undefeated football team. You had to go over there in Pittsburgh to play this team, and you beat them. I mean, your defense, which they still you got 11 wins, man. exactly, I'm sorry. exactly, <laughs> and your defense showed out. And in the Niners, the Niners, though the Niners are obviously uh, Mullins was is is not good. I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. Mullins is not good. Um, and, but their defense is still that defense still flies around the football field. Um, they still, you know. It's, it's, it's a good enough team if you look at other elements for them to do damage. You know, Kyle Shanahan's a great coach in terms of how he schemes up the running game. And the defense did their job in terms of taking away for most of the most of the game, most of the run, uh, big big runs in that football game. So and it is in a prime situation to run the table. Seattle is a team that obviously is tough. Russell Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, but this team, just like, like we talked about the Steelers, they do show vulnerability. You saw the Giants, a Giants team with Colt McCoy. Uh, beat this Seattle team. So this Washington football team, of anything, not just that this is a guaranteed W or anything, of anything, they should believe just like they believe that they can beat Pittsburgh. They should have that same um, that same mindset playing the Seattle Seahawks. Absolutely. I mean, and they, and they will have that mindset. And guys, let's face it, in years past, all, every time you got your hopes up that this team could do something, they failed. 
Mm-hmm. They, they would let you down every time. Well, this team's finding ways to this this ride going, and that comes down to the head coach. I mean, they've got a professional head coach for once. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, wasn't handed a job because of his name, wasn't handed a job um, because it was going to sell, sell tickets. If anything, and, and, and Wole, you and I had this conversation when he was named. We were a little bummed about it at first. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. not, not, to, not to take anything away from Ron Rivera, not, yeah. not even close, but we were like, we wanted that sexy pick, that big name. Of course, yeah. that's what we've been. That's what we've been trained to to accept here. Mm-hmm. And they stepped out of pocket. And this might be the best thing Dan Snyder ever has done since he's been the owner of the Washington Football Team. And that was to bring in Ron Rivera, change the name, all in the same year. And it's just fitting that you lift that veil and that cloud off you. And, and, and these results are starting to happen. I mean, this is this is fitting. And, again, right now, young football team is starting to turn some heads. Have they arrived yet? Not necessarily. But they're showing people that they're heading in the right direction. Well, you go out and be Seattle on Sunday, they've arrived. As <laughs> simple yeah. as that. And I don't want to be disrespectful before we get into talk before we talk about Dwayne and whatnot. I don't want to be disrespectful to Chase Young. Uh, this is a kid that has been dynamic. You know, a lot of people get into sack numbers, but you can see the importance of what he does in the football field in terms of stopping the run, getting pressure, allowing others to get pressure because he's getting double teamed. And the game against San Francisco, he balled out. He showed out. Uh, sack, fumble. You know, a fumble for a fumble return for a touchdown, forced fumble. He did it all. Uh, kind of I'm not gonna lie. Kind of remind me a little bit of Sean Taylor. A little bit. Like, I, I won't lie. In terms of the talent, I think when we look at freakish talent, it's that, that is, yes. that's the first person that comes to mind. Well, I, I'm going to say this. this like, I'm going to go even further. People were killing me mm-hmm. for mentioning this on ABC recently. I said, listen, forget Chase Young and, and, and my taste. The guy that's jumping off the charts to me is Cam Burrow. I know a lot of people loving him. And and that guy is a freaking skull basher. I mean, he has receivers looking around for where he is on the field. Uh, Moser is one of the more physical running backs in the NFL, and he, and he, he knocked him down once, and, and Moser came out the game right after that hit. You could tell it was kind of like, damn, I wasn't expecting that. So I'm not calling Cam Curl Sean Taylor by any means. That would be disgraceful. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, he is one of the hardest hitting safeties, might be the hardest hitting safety they've had since Sean Taylor. And I think that's okay to say that. Mm-hmm. And I think he's played so well, they're gonna have to figure out what to do with Landon Collins next year. Oh, definitely. Because you cannot you cannot take Cam Curl off the lineup, period. Yeah, may have may have to actually do something that he didn't want to do in New York. He may have to play linebacker. Because the uh, DeShazer effort has played well too. So um. He has, but I like <laughs> I like Reeves better. Dude, I, I, is is playing really well, mm-hmm. but DeShazer is another hitter back there. Yeah. He's not a guy that's necessarily, put it like this, his best strength isn't, you know, anticipation and, and breaking on balls yeah. and things like that. I think Reeves does all of Oh, Reeves is, yes. I agree. I agree. I do he agree. Reps. So I tweeted out that I think Reeves and Curl right now, I mean, I barn, they, they trade for someone or draft someone. I think right now they are the two best 
tandem-wise at safety for Washington. Agreed. And I'd like to see Reeves get a little bit more burn. I really would. No, I agree. I I'm think man, it... T, living on Twitter right now, talking about fish missing. So. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop. Look, I've, need... Been seeing that. I've, been, I've been seeing that all. <laughs> 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 hey, Ray, this dude, we trolling. I'm telling you, man. We trolling that stuff on social media. Go ahead, Lake. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I saw the same thing, and I'm like, man, did we talk uh, four years, four years later? Still, <laughs> and listen, no offense to him, but is he is he playing football right nah, now? No, he's boy? not late. That's the bad thing, man. That's why I don't even like to listen to it anymore, man. Dude. So he can be in my drive. So he can be in my drive through tonight. You, when you, I go <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, man. No offense, to him because he was a nice kid when he was here. But damn, we talking four years later. <laughs> still asking for him, them to sign him. This man might be—I mean, he might be an IT programmer or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you said it, not me. I'm just, I was trying to tell this dude, man, you got to stop doing that, man. You got to stop doing that. Like, especially when dudes are balling, like you said, Reeves. Like Reeves, when you see Reeves and Curl together, like you the the they cover so much field, you know what I mean? And like you talk about intense anticipation, Reeves has it. You got Curl, who has both. Who's the, who, to me has both. He's hitting. He's anticipating. I mean, it's a good combination to have. When was the last time you saw a safety here pick six somebody? Oh man, you already know. <laughs> oh, oh, Monte, Monte had Monte, Monte had one. Oh yeah, he did, but that was pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> it don't count. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on that. I know, bro. Oh, I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna get you started on that, man. He ain't gonna go there, but he got his other thing. <laughs> but the point is, when was the last time you saw in a regular season meaningful game of safety pick six somebody? Yeah. And I mean, and I know and, and and I know the stat was matter of fact, I think the last time there was a pick six by a rookie was David Amerson, believe it or not. Mm. David Amerson was a cornerback. Yeah. So Again, that was a huge play, man. And if you think about it, you take away the play from the two rookies, you know, Chase Young with his fumble pickup mm -hmm. and return for the touchdown, and then obviously Cam Curl's pick six. They lose the game. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's facts. Because the offense didn't score any points. Yeah, it's facts. They didn't. They lose the game easily. They do, they definitely lose the game. Speaking of the offense, yeah. you mentioned Alex. Alex, uh, Alex had a, a calf injury, calf strain. Um, late in the first half, uh, so he didn't return. Dwayne Haskins, you know, took his took his spot. Uh, came back, led the team, led the team to a, a field goal. Um, in the, in the second, in the first, I think the first play of the first of the of the second half. Um, your thoughts right. on Dwayne Haskins' performance? Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, the first drive he came in, I saw some, I saw him doing some things. You know, he was he was quick with his reads. He, was, he made a couple nice throws. He did, but then after that drive, I saw the same things that that has plagued him in this early part of his career. High on some throws, you know, held on too long, took some sacks, just didn't seem comfortable. And the offense looked real skittish with them. Like, I'm just calling it like it is, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I don't see. And I'm just saying. I don't see. And, and I'm going to also say this. This might rub some fans the wrong way. 
I know he came into his press conference seemingly humbled. But I don't want to see Fran on the sidelines during the middle of a game mm. when the drive is going on. I, I had a problem with it. I did. And it's not that he wasn't sincere about it. He felt he really felt like he was thanking God for giving him his chance and you never you never fail in thanking God for your opportunities and your blessings. I get that. But damn, they were in the middle of a drive <laughs> when that was going on. And I just for the life of me, you you know how I feel about Dwayne. I like Dwayne. Yeah. But well, like you were there with me in the locker room when I told him several times, be careful what you do because you're being watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was your being, your, you were mm-hmm. being a watch moment. Mm-hmm. And again, it just didn't seem like it was, it just didn't look good. It just didn't. Mm. And as far as his play, nah, I, I still think they need to drive the quarterback. I really feel like that. And, and, it, it, and, and I'm not saying Dwayne can't play quarterback in the NFL, but you got a defense that's starting to round out in the beat. Man, just think of how they can be next year with some a little bit little bit of help in the secondary, and you get Matt Ioannidis back. Mm. I mean, seriously, that's going to get ugly. So now, you know, you, 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 you need your offense to be where it needs to be, and Alex wasn't playing well. We knew that something was wrong with the calf muscle because he, he just wasn't being able to push off on his throws. I said that something's wrong with Alex because yeah. he's not putting anything into his throws. But they need to draft a quarterback. Let's just, just just call it like it is, or trade for a veteran or something that can that can challenge to be the starter. Because man, this team is so close to being a really good football team, but but they need a quarterback. They need a difference maker at that position right now. Hey, Lake. I think all of what you're saying is a perfect segue into what I want to ask you because, in my opinion. And in everybody's opinion, really, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a defensive football team. And if we pay too yes. much attention to Dwayne, I think it takes away from some of the, the key areas that this team needs to work on. One in particular is penalties. We saw that Montez Sweat penalty, and you tweeted out, this penalty on Sweat is looming large in this game. We saw Chase Young commit a similar um, mistake earlier in the season in Detroit. The good teams, or the, I should say the great teams, correct these mistakes. This is what Belichick uh, or the Belichicks of the world focus on after the game. Hey, we can't have that happen. So what do you think Coach Rivera is working on this week in terms of just cleaning up those types of mistakes that could have hurt you? Yeah, I mean, you got to, you know, I go back to Tim Settle in Pittsburgh. Remember, he had the uh, the, the, the unnecessary mm-hmm. um, yeah. rough mm-hmm. ball. Mm-hmm. That, that 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 got Pittsburgh in the end zone. So I mean, actually, they I think they held on that drive. So, so Tim kind of got out of the woods a little bit. But nevertheless, these are aggressive guys. And one thing I will say that I like about them and picking up the penalties, they're picking up these penalties going 100 miles an hour. So it's not like they're they're getting these penalties and they're like you know weak plays and. They, they can't have them. They just can't. But at least they're doing it with supreme effort. And, and, and they're young. So hopefully you learn from these mistakes. But, yeah, I mean, when your offense isn't generating points and, and sustaining drives, you can't have your defense have third-down opportunities where they have a chance to get a team off the field and then bad things happen. Um, so I, clearly Ron Rivera's letting these guys know about this. They're, they're telling them every chance they get that you can't have um, you know, just these, these unfortunate uh, back-breaking type of penalties that can 
cost you games. And obviously we saw in Detroit it did ultimately when they, you know, put them in field goal position. Um, again, though, they're going to, they're going to live and die with their defense. They're going to have to, their defense is going to have to bring them home every week. That's just how it is. They're going to have to stop a strong Seattle offense mm. uh, in order to win the game. So clearly they're going to have to be told you can't have these silly penalties, especially at inopportune times. All right, they, like you said, they got a they got a tough Seattle offense. You know, Russ, Sierra, the whole mob is coming. Um, they're gonna have they have a mobile quarterback, and over the last you know during this entire season, as the defense, even though they've been strong, they've struggled against mobile quarterbacks. So, what do they do in this game to, to try to contain Russ? Yeah, I mean, you know, Russell West. I mean, well, I was gonna say Russell West. <laughs> talk about, talk about that Russell so much in town. Um, no, Russell Wilson is. is one of the top two, three, four best quarterbacks in football. He's dynamic. He's smart. He knows what he wants to do out on the field. There's no wasted energy with him. He extends plays. Um, so, so you're going to have to always have an eye on him. They're going to have to have a backer shadow Russell Wilson in this week's game uh, just so that he doesn't get outside the pocket and beat you that way. But, but let's just call it like it is, guys. You don't really stop Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know what's the saying? You got to hope to contain him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you can't let him go off for 30, 300 yards on you because you're going to be in trouble. I, I just think right now for Washington, the key is they're going to get pressure on you. One thing we've noticed with this defense, they wear on defense, uh, they wear on offenses later in games. Mm. So they don't come out necessarily like gangbusters early. Um, you know, but but they start to figure it out as the game goes on, and that's when you start to see the pure athleticism of Montez Sweat, Chase Young, uh, Deron Payne, you know, Jonathan Allen. They start to just just kind of wear you down, and then in the second half, they strike. Mm. And, and I think that that's what they're going to have to do. If, if they can if they can keep this game close to the vest and keep that high power Seattle uh, offense from from you know, Russell Wilson's particularly. For being able to be comfortable in the pocket, they'll win the football game. Not be close, they'll win the football game. Simple as that. Oh man, Lake Slate, they'll win the football game. Hoping, I'm hoping for that, Lake. I'm definitely, I definitely am hoping for that. Hey, Lake, thanks for being on. Can you tell our listeners about your podcast and please plug your social media handles? Well, well first and foremost, before I do that, mm. I, you know, you guys are my guys. You're doing a great, great, great job on the network and a lot of fans have told me you know they like the show they like what you guys are doing i do apologize that i could be in more of a studio setting i'm on my way back home from west virginia um but with all that said uh you know fans can find me on uh social media at uh lake lewis on twitter on um, instagram and facebook it's lake lewis jr and um, of course sports journey you know go to sportsjourney.com um on that on that lesson, Blake, you'll see all the great podcasts. One of them, Urban Sports Scene. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, as always, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, we appreciate you, Lake, man. Thanks again, man. Thanks, brother. All right. All right. Let's have a good night. Same here. Be safe. <laughs> again, again, that was Sports Journeys, Lake Lewis Jr. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Lake Lewis. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm angle live rails a little bullish after that game. I won't lie to you. <laughs> okay. Lie. I won't lie Mo, to you. Dude. Mo got you saying the word bullish. Now. I know, right? <laughs> Look at he did though. Look at him. <laughs> but dude, you should you should be because this defense is really strong and you see it come together. Mm-hmm. And that's what's scary. I was going to say that this is a measuring stick game, and I, I say that 
um, because Pittsburgh is a, is in the AFC. Seattle is one of the teams Ooh, that are considered a contender in the NFC. Right now, in my opinion, the NFC is wide open. Yeah. Why can't Washington beat Green Bay? Why can't Washington beat Seattle? Why can't Washington beat uh, Tampa Bay or New Orleans? I feel like all these teams are beatable. Dude, we might be talking more than just playoffs. We might be talking about oh, a serious dog. playoff run, deep dog. playoff run. I, I know, I know. I know hey, you, you, you cut me off now, but you've been doing that to me all year. <laughs> Honestly, haven't you? You've been shutting me down all year, and now you're starting to see it. Yeah. So trust me, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm just saying they're going to compete, bro. Yeah, definitely are. I mean, competing is the word. You know, it's, it's all about competing. You know, that, that's what that's I care what about more anything. <laughs> compete. Don't get blown out. Compete. Where's this rookie, Danny? Avdia, um, did I say it right? I don't think I said Avdia. Excuse me, Denny Avdia looked good in his first preseason preseason game. We'll talk Wizards preseason after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Saying for Aitas Yeti Deuces. Conception, not transform like this, perform like this. Was y'all she a new weapon? I don't contemplate, I meditate. Then off your, off your head. This that puts the kids to bed. This that I got, I got, I got, I got realness. I just kill shit cause it's in my DNA. I got millions, I got riches building in my DNA. I got dark, I got evil that rot inside my DNA. I got off, I got trouble, some heart inside my DNA. I just win again, then win again like Wimbledon. I serve, yeah, that's him again. The sound that you are listening to the urban sports scene with myself wole ray jeezy will tease out we're part of sports journeys sportsjourney.com sunday the washington the washington wizards had their first preseason game against the Brooklyn Nets. Let me say that correctly. KD and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Wizards lost 114-119. to 119. What did you learn in that first preseason game, Ray? What I learned is that Denny is not scared of the moment. Yeah. And I know it's a preseason game, but think about it. It's NBA TV, and mm-hmm. it's against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So you know there was a lot of attention being played, paid to that game. Mm-hmm. Which was, and you come out and you make every shot from the field and you just basically show all of the attributes and skills that were put on display, what we saw on YouTube and what we were concerned about. Like, hold on, pump the brakes, let's see how this man does. Yeah. I think it showed a lot in terms of he's not scared of the moment and he's ready to become a good player, but he still has a lot of development to go. He still has, you know, a lot of coaching that needs to be done because he's still 19 years old. So let's pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm saying that because all of what I'm seeing on Twitter is, oh, yeah, the Wizards found that guy for the future, and who who may need Brad if we have Denny? It's like, hold up, calm down now. <laughs> Dude, we're seeing that the Wizards added a, a, a talented piece. Let's just see how Scott Brook coaches them up. Let's see how all the pieces fit together once the Stars play. No, I'm with you. I think Denny, I, I'm with you. What I saw from him is like what you said, somebody who's not scared of playing against NBA players. When you see a Kevin Durant, you think that some of these dudes are like, yo, it's KD, yo, it's Kyrie, dude's still playing this game. I did want him to be a little bit, little bit more aggressive, though. Um, I thought he passed up a lot of open shots. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. But he, was will- but he was a willing passer. He's a good – he is what I call 
a smart basketball player. Like he's trying to make the best basketball play, you know. And I think you don't have we don't you don't have a lot of those individuals in the league. Um, he's not looking to get his, even though you can tell. Like to me, he's skilled enough to get his. So I would just in a preseason, I would have liked him to be a little bit more aggressive. But I see it though. Like I see a, I see a baller. I'm not gonna go to the term star because I, I you know regular season we got to see you play and play it as when you're a rookie or 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 a a young player you got to see it play out for it to click to say all right maybe this this dude's gonna be a star. But you see the ability. I think if you I think you would just be hating to say that you don't see the ability. The ability is there. And you know what? I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I believe that he was able to display his skill set because Brad and Russ didn't play. Mm. Uh, I yeah. honestly feel as though that was strategic to let the young guys get some bumps ah. against a really good team. Now, they were getting their butts whooped, but you learn from butt whoopers, don't you? Yeah, as, you yeah. as a kid, you already know. You already know, you, yeah. You get that butt whooping. <laughs> you you learn. Know. You, you, you learn from it. Now, some knuckleheads, we keep making the same mistakes, and it takes a while for us, but... Again, just this is just my opinion. I feel as though it was a really, really good experience for the young guys, and I'm including Rui in that discussion, of course. No, I, I think that you – hey, Rui, yeah, Rui had a good game. He had 18. I think he had 18. Yeah, Rui had 18 in the game. Um, like, again, I, w- I would like to see Rui – but Rui, look like, and Rui hit a three. He had a three ball. Um, he looked – he looked. you could tell like, he looked more uh, – he looked more confident in what he wanted to do on the court. Um, he was going at Kevin Durant. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he was, he wasn't scared, which I did like, I still want to see Scott Brooks use, use Rui in the way I saw him used in college. Cause I just think he has yeah. he can be so, he can be so more, he can be very impactful if they utilized him like he was in Gonzaga. But I, in terms of confidence, I think we saw that, um, in that first preseason game. Trying to look at what we have on Twitter. Cause actually somebody tweeted me about what they learned about the wizards, Trying to pull it up. I, I think. I, why are you looking at that? You know what I didn't like. What you didn't like? What? I did not like Robert Lopez in his first game. <laughs> oh, I think he was he was horrible. He shot a three. I didn't like that. Like, I'm 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 sick of play. See, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm sick of because Scott Brooks did that with uh, Thomas Bryant. Like so you can shoot threes. We're trying to teach you to shoot threes. I don't want to see Robin Lopez shoot threes. He's not Brook. I don't. He's not that type of player. All right. So here's the tweet. I got. I just pulled it up. It's us uh, at. Trey Millie 15 said, I'm surprised not a lot of people have, people is talking about cash. I thought when he came off the bench for the Wizards, he, he did some nice things. He was oh, very he active, defensive, and ran a nice pick and roll. <laughs> did you hear during the game they were comparing him to Kyle Lowry? I thought that was hilarious. Not, not that that's necessarily original, but yeah. for whatever reason, it, <laughs> it just hit home at the time. <laughs> well, you look at his body. I course, knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that man, that man has the, that that type of build. You know, not a lot of muscle, of course. But at the same time, he gets around people. He's effective. He's not. He's not. Um, that going. Um, Elamine. He's not mm-hmm. Khalid Elamine, of course. But he's also. <laughs> he's not Westbrook, obviously. He's somewhere in the middle. He's he's a, he's got that Kyle Lowry type of lesson. But yeah, I love the way he pushes the rock. And he's another one, a young guy who is not scared. He comes mm-hmm. out the ball. He single-handedly uh, took down Zion and that Duke squad, R.J. Barrett, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Cam Reddish. He took down that squad on his own. They had a squad. Trey, they, this dude led his team to taking out the obvious favorite that season. So it shows the type of dude he is. He has confidence. And I, I hope that Scott Brooks, 
his history of being a good player developer will, you know, continue with this kid. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I, I mean, you know, Michigan State has has guys. <clears throat> excuse me, have over the years have had guys who are <clears throat> that was smart in the NBA game and knew how to play the NBA game. Um, you know, yeah, Draymond, Mo P. Mo P. Um, you know, even the guys who weren't in later rounds, Charlie Bell, yeah. Charlie Bell ended Char- up yeah. having a really good, good yeah, career. Did, yeah, sure did. So Izzo has gotten his kids, you know, ready for you know playing a man's league, and you got a guy, you know, in Cassius who, you know, like you said, show all the heart going against them powerhouse Duke team, that that powerhouse Duke team. So he. Is is mentally he's mentally ready to play in the NBA. Like he's not. Gary you can tell he's, as well. Yeah, and you could tell that he's Sorry. not. He's not. He's not going to be scared of the moment or scared mm-hmm. to compete. So that's the thing that you know, as a backup point guard, as a guy who's hungry, right? Because you're still on this Wizards team is young, and you look for hungry. You're looking for hungry dogs, guys who are ready to go out there and compete at the highest level, who aren't going to back down. And to have a kid like that is definitely, you know, it's a bonus. And it's it's the thing about. You know, a lot of people draft these um, these kids, you know, of one year, maybe off the potential. But when you have a, a, a kid who has been productive in college basketball for X amount of years, um, they typically are ready to play, especially a guy like Cassius, as Cassius Winston, who played at the highest level in the college game. You know, he's ready to help a, a, help a team win basketball games if the coach is willing to, to work with them. Yeah, I honestly feel as though he can steal some minutes from Ish. When the Wizards drafted him, I felt as though this is a smart move because John Wall, we didn't know if he was going to be durable enough to play throughout the course of the season. As a matter of fact, I believe he may be on a minutes restriction or not be able to play back-to-back. I could be wrong, but I'm just um, trying to recall what I read. Anyway, but now, of course, remove John from the picture, and uh, you got Rush, you got Ish, as I mentioned, and Ish is, is really good. I think this has been one of his best stints with, mm-hmm. in, in, in his career. It's been with the uh, with Washington. I was going to say the Washington basketball team. Good gracious. I mean, I, I know, dude. I was about to say the same. Team. I know it's uh, messing me up. This watch, it is. But I was going to do the same thing. Yeah, but I think, I, think, I think if Scott Brooks teaches Cassius Winston how to uh, play the game control without turning the ball over, that's key. Because remember when Sadarasi was the backup, this is why the coaches and fans loved him because he came in and played mistake-free basketball, and he was efficient. I think Cassius can shoot, and if he doesn't turn the ball over, he doesn't make rookie mistakes, even though he's still kind of raw in terms of you know playing the NBA game. I think that he could move up on the depth chart. Yeah, I think I, I and they I, have I, a nice second unit, yeah. you know, um, including Denny. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's they got a they got a nice setup with him and, with Denny and, and Bertans. So I'm not gonna lie. Um, so you know, Bradley didn't play. Bradley Bill didn't play. Uh, mm-hmm. in the first game, oh, and, and Russ, Russ and Bradley Bill didn't play in the first game. But is it a bad look? No, knowing that Bradley Bill is the leader, is now the leader of the team. Is it a bad look that he didn't play in this game because he could have played? He didn't play in the bubble, and now he's now playing the first preseason game. Or does it doesn't even matter? No, it doesn't matter. We know who Brad is. We know what he's given to this franchise. I think that you see a guy that is similar to John Wall and how much he scored, how much he's uh, meant to you, the franchise, as well as the community. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to botch this relationship as you did with Wall, even though Wall contributed to that. But I feel as though Tommy Shepard, who said this is the guy I'm building around, if Brad didn't want to play or if you felt as though there was a risk to his health, or, again, if you just want to develop the young guys, I think all of the above are good reasons. And it's just a first preseason game. It's against a team that, is really, really good, going to be a top contender, and it gave your young guys a chance, as I said, to learn and grow from and learn from the best. And, and KD, 
Uh, I mean, you heard KD showing love to Rui after the game. Yeah. Brad, I feel as though seeing the game from the sidelines gets the opportunity to, to kind of, you know, um, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word in terms of his thinking and how to internalize or how is he going to view the game once he gets back on the court mm-hmm. with these young guys? How is how are they going to how are they going to fit around him? And I think he got a good chance to see, like you, you like you said, Denny was sort of passive, but he gets to see that okay, this guy can create for himself, mm-hmm. and he can possibly create for me. I don't even have to do as much yeah. work this year. I think it gave him a different perspective being on the sideline. Uh, whether he misses, whether he plays, or he misses the second game, is he relevant to me too? What's most important is, is when the game starts to count because yeah. you now feel as though you can compete for somewhere between five and eight, if not better, depending on the health of other teams such as Philly. And Boston. I don't know. So, I mean, I, I mean, it's not the league. It's about playing the next game, not the first game, but the next game. I do think he should play in the next game mm-hmm. just to get some chemistry, chemistry with Russ and and the other young guys because you it's still got you couple young players on the team and you do want to have that chemistry going into this season. You no, know, because I feel like if you can garner, garner some type of chemistry going into this, it's a shortened it's a shortened season compared to other seasons. Seventy two mm-hmm. games. Not to say that that's super short but it's 72 games it's shorter than the usual if you just jump into the season with that type of chemistry no because this has been a different off season you jump into this you know right into it you know building chemistry being able to put being all in one all on one accord and understanding that this person's going to be here and there and the other it's it, it going to be here when i do this or or whatever because when the season starts you need to be running smooth anyway so i feel like to a certain extent unless you're like the a championship contender, a team that's played together, a team that had a long postseason run. If you're a team that, you know, didn't make the postseason, um, but you added some new parts, you kind of want to see how it, how it meshes. You saw it in Phoenix. We all know how good Chris Paul is. He played in the first mm-hmm. preseason game with Devin Booker. You know how good certain players, you, you know, just it's about building that culture because Phoenix was so, so close. They decided, you know what, we got to build this chemistry. So I feel like in this situation, in the Eastern Conference, you got Russ. And you know, he plays hard. But still, you want to make sure the chemistry is on point with Russ and, and Bill. Not to say they're going to be beefing. I'm just saying just, just to know some of the minor things because you don't want to have that all play out in the regular season trying to figure everything out. You want to be as close to it as possible. Well, that's not happening in one game, but it is a start. I agree with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying – I'm not knocking – no, I'm saying – I'm, the first game doesn't matter to me. I agree with you. I think that's not a bad look right. to have the young guys show out. You know what I mean? Because it's important. I've always said this about young basketball players. You kind of, you know, when you have a star like Bradley Bill, you have a star like Russ, it's going to be hard for those dudes to feel like they can take over a game. You even saw Troy Brown trying to take over the game. You know what I mean? But he wouldn't have that opportunity if Russ and Bill were in, the, you know, were playing in the in the first preseason game. But True. When you're not, when they're not in that game, then the other young dudes, to to your point about Scott Brooks, they're 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 now progressing in their maturation of being an NBA basketball player. If you're a scorer, now you're improving on being a scorer, or if you're a passer, you're improving on being a passer. Now you have that opportunity because you're gonna have the ball in your hands. You're gonna have, be be able to create without feeling that you have to defer to Westbrook or Bill or whatnot. But in the second game, because we're now we're talking about you know, trying to create chemistry because again, this is just a weird season. You don't really have, you didn't really have a long training camp. You didn't really have pre, you're not going to really have a big preseason. The season starts next week. So you you pretty much want to get everything you can get into with in terms of building chemistry. So when you jump into the season, you want to start fast. So I feel like Real the next quick, game though, they need to. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Russ's familiarity with Scott Brooks system 
as well as Brad's from playing it these last several seasons, it is going to contribute to them having chemistry and maybe it's not as important as you think in terms of like playing a preseason game or developing chemistry on the court. It helps, but I still think you playing with somebody is just, you can't substitute that. Like Mm -hmm. you want to get a jump on that because everybody has their own little quirks. You know what I'm saying? Like you can play in the system, but everybody has something like I played with you on street ball enough where I have a good idea of like looking like where you're going to be at and vice versa. So, like we can read in the same system, say we're in the same system, but we don't know each other. I may not know that about, you know, I may certain things I wouldn't know about it. You know what I'm saying? I may, we may be in the same system. We may know the same design, but if I didn't know you, if I don't know you like that, I don't know if you want the ball here, or I don't know if you gave me a look for this, for this oop. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I may not, I may not know what that oop means. You know what I'm saying? So it's just different. You just want to kind of have that, build that rapport. And it's, and don't get me wrong. And this limited preseason is not going to be easy anyway, but I, but it's better to kind of take care of it now rather than trying to build, adding extra time to build it in the regular season when games matter. Okay. We'll see how it works out. I think it's going to take some, some time, Definitely. but uh, it, it'll happen all, over the course of the first half of the season. It's mm-hmm. going to be a long period. I remember Miami, yeah. the big three paired up. Yeah. They, they were horrible throughout the first yeah. 30 games. Really. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take time. Definitely will. So over the weekend, Anthony Joshua and Shakira Stevens, Stevenson both had nice victories. Myron Magnus from Boxing Logics United will join us to discuss this after break. Listening to the Urban Sports Saint for ages. You dig? Deuces. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole. Ray Jeezy Will T is out. Part. We are part of Sports Journey. Make sure you check us out at sportsjourney.com. All right, man. We had him on last week, man. He was a banger, man. He was awesome. Right now, we have Myron Magnus of Boxing Logic United on the line. What's going on, Myron? What's up, champ? Peace and pugilism. My man, man. You know, the streets was talking when you was on, man. Folks was like, man, they enjoyed the segment. I was like, man, we got to get Myron back on ASAP. <laughs> I am flattered. And I am happy to be back with you brothers, man. Focus and getting it. My man, my man. All right, man. You know, it was, we had a busy day of boxing. A busy day of boxing on Saturday. Uh, WBO, WBA, and IBF heavyweight champion, Anthony Joshua KO'd Kubrat Polev um, in the ninth round. What were your thoughts on that fight? Um, it was a um, pretty good fight. Mm-hmm. It lasted longer longer than it should have. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Um, Anthony Joshua has uh, some identity issues, I think, going on right now. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah, I, yeah it's cr- so, I, so explain that. I won't get in that before I say anything. Explain well, it. Anthony Joshua, if he bring in that fight, I give him a C minus. Why? Here's why. Since the end Ruiz loss, people were thinking something was wrong. Something is wrong with Anthony Joshua's style, and the style that he had then wasn't good. Uh, there was nothing wrong with Anthony Joshua in that fight. He just made a drastic mistake, and that was hooking with the hooker and a faster hooker in Andy Ruiz. But Joshua just put him on the ground. He beat him. Beat him. He lost mental focus mm. and broke a cardinal rule, and that was hooking with the hooker. That's the only thing he did wrong in that fight, and it perhaps cost him the fight. Now, looking at him and Pulas versus Pulas looked like he was thinking too much. They're talking about they want to make him, I mean, they're trying to make a pure boxer um, a, a guy who is, in my mind, built to be a fundamentally sound, tactical brute. Mm-hmm. That's Anthony Joshua. That's what he's, how he's built. That's what he is. A force is going to come forward, just come forward, and pound you into submission. Mm-hmm. Not recklessly, but tactful, tactfully. You feel me? Yeah. And that's who he is. So you trying to get this guy now doing pool counters like he did versus Pulev, that may have worked on Pulev, but it won't work on a Klitschko. I mean, um, on a Fury mm. or even on a Usyk. Nothing was wrong with Joshua. They're trying to reinvent the wheel. Joshua was, is a monster. He looked beautiful against Povetkin. I think that style he used versus Povetkin messed up, uh, mixed up with how he was versus Dylan White. It's who Joshua is. You don't need him to start dancing or anything. He should never be going back, at least at a minimum. And he should just be pushing forward tactfully and, and just impose his will on the fighters. A great, strong, stiff jab with powerful right hands. And once he hurts you, then go for the kill with the left hook, uppercut, every weapon, every he got every punch in his arsenal. Now, pardon me, I'm no trainer. But what I feel from what I've been following this dude for a long time, mm-hmm. he's not you they're trying to take a brawler, puncher, that's fundamentally sound and turn him into a boxer like something was wrong with him since the lost Ruiz. Mm-hmm. Nothing was wrong with him versus Ruiz. It's just that he got caught. He he he, he broke a corner rule, don't hook with the hooker, and it caught him. And that's it. But before that, I mean, and even after that, it was fine. But since now he's doing this identity, he has got him doing more boxing, and he doesn't look comfortable in the ring. He's thinking too much. Mm. No, he, he's it, thinking too much. It just seemed like he was thinking. And so that's what I mean yeah. that he's having identity issues. That makes sense. Because I mean, I, I mean, I like this performance. I would. My only issue with, with with his performance, I don't think he goes to the body strong enough for me. Like I think he needs to do that. I, love, I don't like the, just the straight jab to the body. Um, I think he can he can do a little bit more with that body work. Um, I you know the, the, he was uppercut heavy in this fight, but that was open. The uppercut was open. Um, but and then he to me like I didn't like some of his hooks were a little bit too wide for me. Uh, but other than that, I thought he was. I mean, I thought he was solid. I mean, I did as a boxer, I thought he was solid. But I do I do agree with you. He was thinking a lot though. Like you could tell. I don't know if it's playing in his mind. The knock. I mean, the knockout was playing in his mind. Um, he's always trying to be cautious, but. 
Um, but I mean, all in all, in terms of his boxing technique, because I always graded on like other boxers, you know, fighting Wilder or Fury or whatnot. And I'm like, you know, could it beat Fury? That's a good point. Like, could it beat Fury? Because I'm always, I've always felt like he matches up well against Fury. I've always thought he matched up well against Fury, but. He can. Mm -hmm. If he goes back to being a tactical, fundamentally sound brute, Mm -hmm. he ain't going to outbox Tyson Fury. He snapped that type of, he snapped that type of heavyweight. He will never be able to outbox Fury. What he can do is impose his will on Fury and be smart in there. But he'll never be able to outbox Fury. You know, Fury is the most purest boxer in the heavyweight division. Mm. He's been doing it since, five, since he's been able to walk. Joshua's not going to beat him at that game. So he got to stick with what he's good at. And if Fury, they, they, they try to change him and have him do the things that he's doing now, it's okay. But it's not going to work. I like, the fact, I like the fact that he came out and established the jab. It's showing to follow some sort of game plan. But my concern is him moving forward. I never thought, there was no doubt in my mind he wasn't going to win this fight. None of us thought he would lose this fight. However, if he fights some of the bigger names, of course, we're going to mention Fury in a minute. I don't think you can win fighting the style that he fought in this fight as well as in the previous fight against Ruiz. He's going to have to have a great camp. And he's going to be on this A game because if not, <laughs> I don't see him. I don't see him defeating. Maybe not even Wilder, but definitely not Fury. Absolutely, he got to go forward. Joshua's a fighter built to move forward. He's not built to be fighting off the back foot or moving backwards. He needs to impose and keep going forward, or stand his ground, or go forward behind a stiff, strong jab. You know what I mean? And every other punch that he has in his arsenal. There's nothing wrong with Joshua, you know what I'm saying, besides the loss versus Ruiz that may have, you know. One thing about Anthony Joshua, he only got like 23 fights, right? Usually with 23 fights, a fighter's just coming to himself. He's learning who he is. And most most of the time, he don't have a title by now in most, in most, in most of the, you know, in most of the world. Mm-hmm. In, most, in most cases, in the um, history we've seen. They don't really have a title yet, and they haven't had this many defenses yet. The thing is with Joshua, we see Joshua learn as he go while being the unified heavyweight champion of the world. So that's the thing. He's accepting, always going to get high criticism and everything, but we got to also be mindful. Yeah, he just really started fighting in his late teens, 17, 18. Mm. He wasn't like 30 who started very, very young as a toddler and as an ad- early adolescence, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's different for Joshua. And he's been on a fast track. So we understand all of that, but that's why I think it's very, it's not a b- good move to try to have him change his style up or incorporate these other things like the extra boxing and all that. No, because I don't think nothing was wrong with this style before. That he was getting comfortable with it, he was much, much more confident in the ring with it. No, I, I I can see it, and I agree. So what's next for Joshua? Is it Fury? Should he fight somebody like King Kong Ortiz as like a warm-up? Somebody, you know what I'm saying? Or is it well, really just, it's just Fury? They say the WBO is not going to allow um, Alexander Usyk, who was the uh, former mm. undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world, yeah. is the mandatory, the WBO mandatory That's for Joshua. Boy. That's a bad boy. And they're saying they're not going to let Joshua Oh, I mean, um, pass like um, Pulev 
was the IBF mandatory. Mm-hmm. I mean, Usyk is the WBO. If Usyk said he wants Joshua now, Whew. he doesn't want to wait. Mm. That's a bad boy, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad So yeah. who, who he would you... said, the mm-hmm. WBO say no. Mm. There's not going to be a Joshua Fury before Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua. Word? Dang. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, and that's gonna be and that's gonna be so and that's gonna be another test for Joshua. Yeah. Because Usyk is a good boxer as well. Very and he has the ability to throw punches and bunches. Now he's um a bit smaller, he's six four, mm-hmm. coming in a party like twenty five, two twenty, but he has good feet, he can move. Joshua is definitely more powerful than him, but Usyk has definitely more Stamina and endurance is Joshua. So this is going to be another thing to uh, like try to hold our breath and see what happens mm. before perhaps we get a undisputed match with Fury. Do you do you, do you think Anthony, you think Josh Anthony Joshua is ready for for Usyk? Because that's a tough one. I ain't gonna lie, that's a real tough one. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he could be Usyk. Okay. Like I said, Joshua could be anybody. Okay. If he um is comfortable, I mean, if he. Gains, regains the identity he had before. Hmm. Without these people trying to maybe doing this or doing that. Again, I'm no trainer. Mm-hmm. But from what I see, Joshua, Joshua does not look comfortable in the ring with what he's doing. Gotcha. If you watch the fight against um, Anthony Joshua fight versus Alexander Povetkin, mm-hmm. that is the Joshua I think that could beat anybody. He was a surgical, fundamentally sound brute mm. that's going to get you out of there. He looked comfortable in there. He settled in. He didn't do too much dance. You know what I mean? He didn't look lethargic or unsure. He, yeah. It was very, 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 like, he, he was in sync trying to with what that. he wanted to do yeah. and how he wanted to do it. Yeah, man, trying to get that dude back, man. That's my Niger brother, man, trying to get him back. All right, so Saturday Saturday night, Junior Light, Junior Lightweight, Shakira Stevenson defeated Toka Khan Clary uh, by unanimous decision. Thoughts on that fight, my man? Man, um, it was another 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 fight for that. Oh man, that sneaky, smirky, smiley face surgical assassin <laughs> just to showcase his skills before he become a superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stevenson is mean, bro. Yeah, Swim, He he has the potential to be everything, everything. And he's one of the fast five of the golden era coming up. I have him I have him right now ranked number three in the fast five of the golden era coming up. And that's mm-hmm. of course Phil Simo, Tank, Stevenson, Ryan Garcia, and then Devin Haney. But Shakur can surpass all of them. Mm. As far as overall skill and ability, he can do that. I'm not saying he's gonna fight all of them. He probably might not fight Phil, I mean Phil Fimo. One day, maybe years down the road, that fight may happen. But he has the potential to be he he's the closest thing to Mayweather right now. As far as if you look at overall ability. Mm. The overall ability. This beautiful range ownership. He has awesome control of distance, range. He has wonderful freaking feet. He has every punch in the book. He could do every goddamn thing. The kid is a master. Defensively, and he's gonna be a surgeon offensively. He's already a surgeon now. Mm. 
Shakur is going to be, he's going to be hell to deal with. He's not even in his prime. He's approaching his prime. He's not even at his strongest, his strongest physically. He's approaching his strongest capability physically. So people are talking about his punching power and yeah. all that. Um, that's going to come. I was going to ask you about Definitely as he's small, I was, I was going to ask you about I was going to ask you about his punching power. Like, is that a concern? Huh? I was going to ask you about his punching power. Is that a concern? Is that a concern? Yeah, his punching power. Hell no. Was uh-huh. it a concern for Pernell Whitaker? Oh, facts. Exactly. That's facts. what I concerned. We <laughs> peaked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They wanted no concern for Whitaker. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a concern for Mayweather. Because you mm-hmm. know what they did? They hit you so sick. It's not like it's a conversation. It makes you punch drunk mm. in the ring. You know what I mean? It's not about a one-punch knockout, but a volume of punches. And with the accuracy mm-hmm. and that he's having, how many times he's going to be able to hit his opponent, he's going to be getting bammers out of it. If it's not by a knockout, the ring, his corner, the corner going to be thrown in the ring. I mean, thrown <laughs> in the towel or something. You feel me? Yeah, definitely. They're going to be calling in the fight because he's going to be just beating these bammers down. You saw he beat Clary down? Yeah. Oh, my, my God. God. Clary, <laughs> and I knew Clary was going to be able to do nothing with him. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Now, my man from B-More hit me up, and he's a diehard. I'm talking about diehard tank fan. He like, man, Shakur, he looks scary because my man knows boxing. Anybody who knows boxing, they love that fight because, like you said, surgical. That's a perfect word. Now, your casual boxing fan, they didn't see a knockout happen there. I'm not really feeling it, but I'll say this: that was that was a masterful performance, and it looks like it leads up to him fighting Burcho. I think he'll beat Burcho, but after that, who is going to be his 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 second opponent in 2021? We're talking Loma or, or Tank Davis, because in those fights, as good as he is, we're going to find out whether he has a chin or not. And with somebody like you compared to Floyd, Floyd had his test against Maidana and um, and against Sugar Shane, um, even. Um, Cotto tapped his chin too. So I'm thinking no, that he's going to need to be in one of battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Madonna gave him some good punches, but he never really hurt Floyd. Now, Sugar so. Shane, no, I don't think he really hurt Floyd. I mean, he probably, it was a punches that kind of like maybe stunned him because he was throwing mm-hmm. punches and punches. And Madonna right. is quite awkward and he's heavy handed, but none of them got in there where it was to hurt Floyd before he was on the verge of getting knocked or, like, getting stopped, hurt, or even, like, out of focus. It was nothing like that. He was awkward. He just came in, and he was trying to be a bully on Floyd. But none of those punches got it. Now, Sugar Shane almost got Floyd out of there. Chop, chop, mm-hmm. I mean, chop, chop, Corley. People don't remember yeah, that fight. Yeah, yes, sir. Almost yeah. got him out of there. Yeah. He rocked Floyd heavy hard early and had his eyes crossed up against the ropes. And people don't remember that fight. But Oh, yeah, um, I remember. <laughs> Yeah, Loma is uh, um, uh, between you said the pick between Tank or Loma. Tank or Loma as his second opponent because it looks like Burchell is going to happen next. They both been going back and forth on social media. It's an easy fight to make, but I think I, I, I think um, I think Shakur can easily beat him. Who? Which one, Tank or Loma? But no, no, Burchell. I'm just saying that after that fight. He's going. I think he's going to step it up, but I don't think it's going to be Tank. I think you got two top ranked guys, so it might be Loma at one thirty. They could be using Loma as a stepping stone to build him as a um um 
the star of Shakur Stevenson. Mm. Now, if, if, if he's the fight tank, I don't know. Not does he, well, that's the politics of boxing. Mm. If anything is to happen first, it would be the Loma fight, I would think. Right. And um, the thing is, Loma cannot fight going backwards. He can't. He can't. I called that, and I was telling everybody that people thought I was crazy. And Teofimo proved it. The thing is, Shakur is the comfortable going backwards. Shakur is probably comfortable going backwards as he is fighting off the back foot and counter as he is going forward. So, in that, Loma is more surgical going forward. So, it's, it, that would be a very, very, very um, amazing fight. And the fact that they're both southpaws is crazy. And Beloma lost more in his amateur record to Southpaws than anybody. Yeah. And Beloma's held yeah. it. Beloma's held it amateur record. More, his, most of his losses was to Southpaws. Yeah. And Loma's a Southpaw. So now he's fighting Shakur, who's a Southpaw, and a defensive specialist. So the thing is, Shakur's coming up 126. Loma will probably... Not worry. He would probably be very, very aggressive going against Shakur, and not worry about whatever's coming back because Shakur be. is not. Well, well, Lomas fought against a lot heavier punches than Shakur Stevenson at this point. I mean, if you put yeah. Teofimo in, that's the heaviest of them all at around that weight. So and yep. so he's gonna. That would be a hell of a fight, and Loma will push Shakur. He will really. Ex, I mean, I won't. Say, not. I don't mean expose, but he will really. He would make it help us see what Shakur is really about and how that's he handles our punch. That, that's Definitely. what I think, too. Now, remember, just, just before we, we close out, Loma fought our man, a uh, friend of the show, Gary Russell, who's also Southpaw, and Gary threw, uh, I mean, a lot of punches in that fight. He threw over a 1,000 punches. But Loma kept coming forward, and I think he'll do the same thing against Shakur, just keep pressing. No one in his mind Shakur can't knock him out, so... If we're going to see Shakur's boxing ability really be put on display, that'll be the yeah. best fight. But I, I wonder if, right. if, Aaron, if Bob Aram is going to think that's too risky early on in his career. We'll see. Hey, hey, let me jump on that. Yeah, I mean, quiet, quiet <laughs> exposed. Gary Russell's really exposed Loma's weakness. Mm -hmm. mm. Because if you watch that fight again, Gary Russell, whenever he came out, and he led off first. He led off first with the jab, one, two. Jab one two. What did he keep doing to Loma? He kept pushing him backwards, and then Loma goes side step to his left and reset. Gary Russell get off the jab again. He did that for all the middle rounds. He was coming out getting a, being the first off before Loma, and made Loma again retreat, reset, take a step back, reset, and goes reset to his left and come back again. Gary Russell jump on again. Jab jab boom. Loma reset, go back to his left, come back again. Gary Russell showed the game plan to him. The fact that the matter, fortunately, we know Gary Russell had the discrepancy leading to the fight where he was five pounds over mm -hmm. and didn't have to drain that. Mm -hmm. And so he, instead of ticking the fine and said whatever, but he said if he knew, if he knew, I mean, if he knew then what he knew now, he would have just took the fine to go ahead and not worry about losing the five pounds, whatever, because right. they had the discrepancy in his camp. But and think that's how that let me know that how good Gary Russell is. If that was the case, and Loma was bigger than him, mm -hmm. Loma was stopping all these dudes, but he couldn't stop 
at Gary Russell Jr. Mm, then let okay. me know how thorough he was. Now let me know how, how tough, how tough Gary. I mean, it, it would be hard to get Gary Russell Jr. out of there. He has a hell of a chin. And Loma was catching him late in the fight, like around 10th, 9th, 11th. Mm-hmm. I mean, 10th, 9th, 12th, good stuff. And he couldn't get Gary out of there. And Gary kept fighting, fighting, fighting. And so I'm like, that fight needs to happen again. If I was Loma, See? he needed to go and give Gary, let Gary go and get that smoke again. Because Gary wants that fight desperately. Oh, we know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary, Gary wanted to end his career with Loma, but the Tiafimo loss kind of hurt, you know, the magnitude of that fight. But Shakur, uh, naturally bigger guy than Gary, I think he'll definitely give Loma problems. And I see Shakur possibly ending Loma's career in that fight. So it'll be fun to watch, man. Looking forward to it, bro. We're going to have you on the show then, bro. <laughs> I appreciate it, Kyle. Thank you. I'll be freaking welcome and ready. I'm and on Slim. Yeah, let's, uh, uh, Shakur and Loma would be a hell of a fight. Now, okay. now let me give it the Shakur tank, I think, um, favorite Shakur. Mm. Because he's a better boxer. He's a better boxer. Because he's a better boxer, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be. Like, I mean, the truth of the matter is, Leo Santa Cruz was peace and take ass up. See, I thought so too. We said that. I thought so too, bro. I thought so too. I thought so too. Yeah, yeah Tank was getting hit. Tank was getting hit, no doubt. But I mean, Tank. He's so powerful. If he catch you. If he catch you. <laughs> the rap. And that's because of Loma. I mean, your boy Santa Cruz. He lost discipline. And hung around there on the ropes just to let Tank go ahead and threw the same punch three times in a row. And on the third time, Tank measured it and caught him. Why are you going to throw the same punch three times in a row? <laughs> off the ropes. <laughs> Don't make no sense. So he had a mental lapse. Mm. Now, that's not going to happen to Shakur Stevenson. And his seat is better than Tank's. His seat is, of course, a thousand miles better than um, Quicksand Leo Santa Cruz. Shakur has some of the best feet in the business now. Look at his feet and look how he controls distance. That's why I call him like a Mayweather. Because Mayweather, you see a Mayweather fight, mm-hmm. and his feet is just always in the right position. Mm-hmm. It's shifting his movement to control distance and range for himself. Nobody does that. That I've seen now, especially as a young crop, do that better than Shakur Stevens. Man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a sight to behold once it goes down, man. But Myron, man, thanks for being on. Before we let you go, uh, let our listeners know how they can catch you on on social media, and also tell them about the uh, your um your I'm gonna say your multiple channels, not just your YouTube channels, but your multiple channels. Oh yeah, man. Well, it's a YouTube channel, Boxing Logics United, and we stream on YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope. And uh, Myron Magnus on Twitter, Myron Magnus on. Facebook and Myron Instagram. And peace to the Urban Scene Sports Crew. Appreciate you, man. We we definitely do, man. We're gonna have you back on again. We're gonna have you on a boxing round table, right, Ray Jeezy? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, that, just hey. let me know what it is and I'll come to short I'll come to Shorty Cook on that mug too, man. <laughs> my man. You my gotta man. go back and listen to our old one. You check that one out. You 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 I'll, like, I'll forward it to you, hey, Myron, I'll forward it to you so you know what I'm talking about. I'll forward it to you so you know what I'm talking about. Which episode about. was that? Four something or three something what? Say again? We oh episode? Oh, uh, we had four. Oh, yeah, yeah man, that's like episode. I gotta find it for you. It's 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 in the four hundreds, but I gotta find it for you. 
I go look down there. I go look down there. I saw 400. I went, Ty, 400. Stay focused, stay consistent, stay persistent, stay determined, brothers. The world is yours, man. Go on, man. I appreciate you, man. You're going with definitely. All right, man. All right, man. We'll get at you, homie. No doubt, Sam. Peace and pugilism, baby. All right, peace. All right, again, make sure you follow Myron on Twitter at 202 Magnus. Again, at 202 Magnus. Yeah, man, he dope people, man. Appreciate it. I love that he know he knows so much about the boxing game. You know what I'm saying? I think he's one of the more knowledgeable individuals. Like you got Johnny, you got him, um, Armand, Armand Wood. Like Wood. yeah, man. Yeah. Like they know so much, and they break it down, and you know they just know it to a T. So appreciate you know appreciate Myron for being on. I appreciate anybody who does boxing for being on when they're on the show. Uh, we didn't uh, we didn't get a chance uh, to make our week 15 uh, NFL picks <laughs> on air, but you can find our picks on the Football Garbage Time uh, pod, podcast uh, website, which is at www.footballgarbagetime.com. It's part of the Urban Sports Team Football Garbage Time uh, Challenge. Will T is still in second place. Um, I'm in fourth place. Ray moved up, moved up to fifth place. Urban Sports Team doing things. You know what I'm saying? We are like at the top. We are at the we're top the pow- of the table. We're power conference. We are. We're the power we're conference. Not, we're not in the top spot. We are power conference. Yeah, real we, talk. We beat. We beating their brains out this season. For real, we are. Real place. talk. We are. I mean, Hakun Wong is like first place, but still, in terms of the overall dominance, you got three folks in the top five. You can't beat that, bro. You can't beat that, dog. You really can't. Homie George is in, my homie George is a George. George with a you right, Ray, goal. and he's tied with Will for he's tied with Will for second place. Real talk. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page and check out check us out at Sports Journey, SportsJourney.com. All right, man. Appreciate you all for listening. Ray and I always appreciate everybody. Appreciate Myron. We appreciate Lake for being on. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Saint for ages. You dig deuces. A mega. Lead us out, big homie.